My troubled soul, why so weighed down? You are not made to bear this heavy load. Cast all your burdens upon the Lord. Jesus cares. He cares for you. Jesus cares. Jesus cares. He cares for you. And all your worrying won't help you make it through. All your burdens upon the Lord and trust again in the promise of his love and i will praise that mighty name of jesus praise the lord the lifter of my head praise the rock of my salvation When trials come, easily forget to cast your burdens upon the Lord. Jesus cares, He cares for you. Jesus cares, Jesus cares. i 
good testimony, what a good spirit, what a good confession to make in the days that are around us that we're in his hands. He's the lifter of our souls. God bless you. Good to be in church tonight. I'm going to ask you, just maybe we'll go directly to the word. Thank you to the musicians. I'm going to, I've got a number of announcements and things, but I'm going to just change the order a little bit tonight. I'll bring some of the prayer requests near the end of the service, some of the announcements I want to make relative to needs in the body. But we're going to go directly to the word. Let's go to the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 9. <clears throat> Welcome you all to the house of the Lord. Nice to see you here in the flesh. I trust you also brought your spirit of Christ with you. Amen. Amen. Just don't show up in the flesh. Just bring your spirit of God with you too. <laughs> Jeremiah chapter 9. <clears throat> Let's just take a couple of verses. Verse 23. Thus saith the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, neither let the mighty man glory in his might. Let not the rich man glory in his riches. Now just think about these words for a minute. Whatever gift, whatever God has given you, whatever is in your body, your mind, your flesh, your talent, don't glory in just that. Because the prophet would tell us the real gift is getting out of the way. And whatever gift we have is it it's not no good if it's operated by ourselves. It needs to be operated by the Holy Spirit. And we need to yield to that. And we need to learn that. So this, if you just take these words, whatever you got, don't glory in your wisdom or your might or your riches. We take comfort in those things. But God's saying don't glory in this. He says in verse 24, but let him that glorieth glory in this that he understandeth and knoweth me, that I am the Lord which exercise loving kindness and judgment and righteousness in the earth, for in these things I delight, saith the Lord. Amen. I, let's, let's try and take the flip side of both of those. If you're going to glory, glory that I know nothing as I ought to know. Only what Christ has given to me. And, and to walk with him and let him unfold, that's the glory. Brother Ben, I appreciated your prayer. I really did. And I, I, I just want to humble myself before the Lord tonight. I want his spirit to come and be welcome. Do you desire that? Yes. Let's just bow in prayer. Heavenly Father, we've come tonight. We just go into this service. We approach these thoughts, Lord. Maybe a, a long, weary day, maybe lots going on in our minds, but now just settle our spirits. Lord, may we learn of you. May, we, may you teach us, Lord, not just in our mind, in our intellect, but teach us your ways. Teach us of your spirit. Teach us of how we should be in this present world. Lord, I pray that your blessing be upon everyone. We commit ourselves to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may have your seats. I'm going to also ask you, if you'd like, you can turn to Jeremiah chapter 17. We're going to take another part in the book of Jeremiah. Just in, uh, I'll make some of the prayer announcements and things at the end of the service, but just another announcement. Um, 
This Sunday night, um, Brother Doug Lentz is traveling to visit his parents, and so uh, he's going to come and minister for us on Sunday night. And Brother Doug's got a, a good gift. He's always blessed us, and so we're just looking for what the Lord would use our brother on Sunday night. Jeremiah chapter 17, let's just take this now from verse 5. You know, Jeremiah is not one of those books that you, you take and you go to when you're up on top of the mountain. You know, Jeremiah is a book of Israel at its low spot, of, of, of a self-examination, of, 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 of where they said, how did we get here? How are we in this place? And it was actually a real reflection. And I think there's moments that we need to get like that, where we need to just Let's get real with God. I, I appreciate the way the Spirit of the Lord moved here on Sunday. I believe God was dealing with us, and I'm just going to carry a little bit in that theme because sometimes we, we, we try to project we are the bride. We've got the revelation. Nobody's got it, and, and we revel in that, and we glory in that, but really, that's not the way we ought to be. We had an example of a prophet in this last day. The higher he elevated in revelation, the smaller he became himself, and the more conscious he became of Christ that dwelled in him. And that's what we want to focus in. So let's, let's look at this. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man. That means some other man that can be yourself. And it says now, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departeth from the Lord. For he, and really I'm going to take my, my scripture, my title tonight from that scripture. I want to speak on contending with the arm of flesh. So it says, now the man that does these things, he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good comes but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in the salt land, and not inhabited. So here's one scene. Cursed is the man that trusted in flesh, and, and is another man whose heart's departing. But now in verse 7, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. It's not taking a poll, and what do you think about this, and what do you think? No, it's a one-on-one. -on -one. Lord, I'm trusting in you for the day. I'm trusting in you for the situation. Lord, you're the only one I can go to. And I'll say, if we haven't come there yet, that's where we're coming to. I believe everyone in the body of Christ, it's not just being part of the church, but it's, it's having a walk with God and, and a place where we lay our burdens and, and actually get real with God and don't try and cover things. But Lord, examine me and, and, and really trusting in him. Now he says, blessed is the man that trusts in the Lord, who hope the Lord, whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters that spreads out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat comes. But her leaf shall be green, shall not be careful in the year of drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. The whole world's groping in darkness, but we can still blossom. We can still bloom if we're planted in Christ. That's the promise of this scripture. Now again, Jeremiah goes, and as he reverts back again, he says, now, the heart 
is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. Now we, doesn't matter how righteous and how many years you've served God, if you're a preacher, whatever you are, you can be deceived. You cannot rely on just your past and what you've come to. I mean, you've got to employ that daily and still humble ourselves before God. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins. I even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So that's what we come to church for. Not to see, not just to see how strong we are, but Lord, take the places that I'm not strong in. Don't let me be like those trees that Brother Branham talked about when he went in the woods and, and he was there at night and he heard the most awful sound and it was a groaning of these trees, these old, hard, rigid trees. They, they couldn't move. They couldn't bend anymore. But we don't want to be that. We want to be flexible. Lord, let me be flexible in your midst today. Lord, maybe I've held on to something for years, but allow me to humble myself where you can deal with that today. Now, I'm, I'm just, maybe I'll drop down to verse 13 and 14. O Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed, and they that depart from me shall be written in the earth, because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. Now, I really had a lot of mixed emotions coming to the service. I changed my thought a couple of times, but just just feel to stay on this vein and this place a little bit. And I really want to lean on the Spirit of the Lord. Sometimes there are messages you just look forward to preaching because it, it's, it's tremendous. And there's other ones and say, Lord, I'm venturing, I'm trusting, and I'm just asking you to take the leadership. And that's what we want tonight. So as we look at the world around us, nations and politics and the church world, and, and really, you could say Satan has in his control, he has in his control the world around us. He has education. It, it is unparalleled what is being taught. And, and he has politics, you know, that everything is going a certain direction. He has the, the morals of the world, and he's the god of this evil world. And even the church world has, has moved under his realm, and, 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 and it's not the real thing. But the last place that he can get to is where the greatest battle is. Now, there's a parallel with this going on right now, and it's in the, in the world, the geographics of the world. And there's the most hotly contested piece of real estate in the world is, is in a little place in, in near Palestine, and it's the land of Israel. And, and it has become uh, a focal point that's on the hearts of everybody. It's on their news. And I, let's just go for a quick moment to Zechariah 12 for a moment. I, as we just draw a parallel to this, Zechariah 12. Because it, is, it has become a, a place that, that the whole world is, is revolving around. And, and if you notice, the things are happening quickly. It was... It was 
uh, Russia meeting with China, and they're trying to set up their old new world order, and they're gaining partners, and they're aligning with them. And, and then on the other side, there's the United States and the Western world, and they're gaining their part. And, and in the middle of all of this, it's Israel. It's Jerusalem. It's, it's, it's what's in the middle of all of that. And, and, and even though I will say many people are, are, are going against the, what the atrocities were done to Israel, and it's horrific, but I'll say that won't last because it, it's, it, it'll turn on a dime because all the world's prophesied to go against Israel. So Zechariah 12, verse 1. The burden of the word of the Lord for Israel, saith the Lord, which stretcheth forth the heavens and lays the foundation of the earth and forms the spirit of man within him. I, I, I like how Zechariah just puts this together. Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all the people round about. When they shall be in siege, both against Judah and against Jerusalem. And in that day I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people. What day is that? I'll, I'll just say, we're here. And he says, all that burden themselves with it shall be cut in pieces, though all the people of the earth be gathered together against it. Look at where it's going. God is going to have the final say. But look at what it's bringing it to. Now I'm saying, here is a piece of real estate, the most hotly contested piece that, that I will say the world doesn't have its hands on because God has reserved something for them. Now I want you to flip that. And when Satan, now in this last day, 200,000 demons have been le loosed. And they were loosed against the Jews, but it worked for their benefit. It drove them into their homeland. But those, those demons are also loosed against the bride. They're loosed against the people of God. And, and never has it been like it is in this last day. And the last part that the enemy is looking together, and I'm not going to make it collective, I'm going to make it personal. He is looking to gain a foothold of your vessel. He is looking in whatever means he can to gain a little attachment, and he'll look to gain a little bit more, and he's going to look with the intent of destroying you because you are the last place that, that he is trying to get on the earth. And I will say it's, it's not our souls. Our souls belong to God. But our vessels are something we have to maintain as a place that God can work through. Now, I want you just to think about this for a moment. The Word of God is inspired. The Word of God is true. The Word of God will come to pass. God will perform His Word. Now, we believe that, but what it takes, you know, you can listen to that all day, but if you don't enter into it, it's doing you no good. And likewise, you can listen to the devil, and the devil is a liar. He's always been a liar. He'll be a liar till the end. And he continually speaks to us. And as he speaks to us, if we engage and we, we allow that to take a little root, a little foothold, that's exactly what he wants it to do. Now, he, he is, it's the greatest battle that's ever fought. 
Now, as you get a little older in life, you know, things happen. And, and maybe you get a little pain here and you get a little something there. And, you know, because of everything that's going on in the world today, you know, you get a little chest pain. You're thinking, oh, I got a heart condition. Okay, nobody ever thought that. Sorry, I, I'm sorry. Maybe it's just me. I'll tell you, there's a voice that comes. Or you get a little pain somewhere in your body. Oh, maybe it's a cancer. Never thought that? Oh, my goodness. Don't tell me that, you're, that he's leaving you. He's, I, obviously, it's all on me. He'll, he'll do whatever, and he'll say all those things to you. He'll, he, he'll come and tell you, well, you're a preacher, but you're a false preacher. You're just a, a, a deceiver. He told it to the prophet. Come on, let's, let's just get real, everybody. Hey, he speaks to every one of us. And you know what? You just, he causes you to stop and just wonder a little bit. That's exactly what he wants. But there's got to be something greater than up here. Something greater than just reading the word. It's got to come down in here. And you've got to say, no, I've got an anchor that goes down deep. And it's greater than all of those things. You know what? I just put it this way. I just heard it the other day. He'll, he'll come to you. And, and why does he tell you all those things? If he needs you to cooperate with him. If, if he can do those things outright, why is he even talking to you? Because he needs your cooperation. Why does God minister the word to us? Because we need to believe the word. Faith comes by hearing. How do we become the word? Because we have to enter into the word. So God uses the element of humanity to express himself. Now, <coughs> he hides himself in it as well. But he uses the element of humanity. So, so here, if I can say it, this is the great battle that's happening. Let me, let me read something. I'm, I'm really going backwards into my notes, but that's okay as it comes. Here, here is <coughs> from the church ages. I had a minister friend who... I ministered along for years, and subsequently he began to find fault with Brother Branham, and he just said, well, if he really was this, there wouldn't have been this, there wouldn't have been that, there wouldn't have been that, and, and I actually shared this with him at the time, and I shared this particular quote, and this is out of the church age, the Sardesian church age, and he talks about the messengers to every age, and he said, these messengers... They may be questioned. Indeed, to human minds, they may not even seem to qualify. Now, that, that's really interesting. And he says, they are the messengers for their age. God used an Abraham. We all think of Abraham, but what did he do? He lied. Then he used a Moses. What did he do? He rebelled. A Jonah, he disobeyed. A Samson, he sinned. A David, he murdered. He also used Joshua and Joseph. All of these had severe blemishes that far outnumber those histories that seem to be perfect. But Brother Adam would make this statement, they all were and they are his. Now, how would you like to have a church like that? You know, I just say, 
Yeah, let's have a testimony service. Say, who are you? I'm Abraham. What's your testimony? I lied this last week. Oh, okay. Next. David, what did you do? Oh, I killed a man this week. Oh, wow. This is really encouraging testimony service. And then he goes, hey, who are you, Jonah? I ran away from God this week. Oh, great. What a, what a congregation. To the human mind. To the human mind. Now you put yourself in that. The devil, you comes, he's, he's cast himself on you. If you were the son of, if you were this. But you know what? There's something deeper inside. It's God identifying with man on the outward looking like all of these things. But inside, God sees something. And inside, there's something we believe, not with our minds, but with the spirit that God has placed in us. So Brother Brandon will take this at the beginning. He'll say, these are the seven spirits, the seven stars. He, again, identifying himself with man by his spirit within man. Wow. How do you know that that man? Because, as Brother Branham would say, there's a huge difference between David and David in the spirit. There's a huge difference between Ed Hammermeister and Ed Hammermeister in the spirit. And now you put yourself that way. There's a huge difference between yourself in the flesh and yourself in the spirit. And how many times has the devil had us operating in the flesh when God wants to take a preeminence in the spirit? Social media has, has promoted where we always put something out. That is our best side. It's, it, it, it promotes Give your opinion, share it, tell it, you know, be strong and be vigilant, promote it. But sometimes we're promoting ourselves. Sometimes we're putting our own opinions above God. You know what, I, 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 I lately have, like, and I, I'm part of some chat groups, and I'll tell you what, the multitude of quotes and scriptures that are shared every day, and so many of them are good. But just reading them doesn't do me any good. I am finding a need more and more to be on my knees and say, Lord, you speak to me now. I'm alone. It's quiet. There's nothing going on. Lord, before I go into this day, Lord, if it be better for my mouth to remain shut, then you shut my mouth. If it be better, Lord, that I wait on you for the answer. And there's so many things I'm needing answers for. And I'm saying, Lord, let me have the grace to allow you to gain the foothold to give me the answer. Don't let me be presumptuous. There's a, there's a wonderful scripture in Proverbs. Let my sentence come from thy presence. Let your words be few. I, you know, it, it's just, it just rattle, 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 rattle. And, and if we're not careful... And that's a hard thing for a man to say who's trying to get a whole bunch of words out in the service. But, but it's, it's like, Lord, let my words really come from you. I've, I've had some situations that I've had to deal in counseling, and I've really had to go back, 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 and I'm saying, now, Lord, these are my thoughts. These are my opinions. But, Lord, let me get neutral and hear your words. Hear your thoughts on the matter. But so often we pray, we already have our minds made up about how God's going to do something. So often we pray, Lord, I desire your will, whatever your will is, but Lord, let it be this way. 
And we mix that thought with our prayer and we start to go that way after we pray. But have we really become neutral? Have we really said, Lord, you have the preeminence. In my heart, Lord, there's these doors. Have I, sh have I opened every door to you? Listen, go listen to the message, door to the heart or door within a door. And Brother Brandon would talk, he says, you make a profession, you do that, but is he really the Lord of your whole life? Okay, I'm not trying to condemn anybody. This is for me, this is for every one of us. Brother Brandon would say, and this is in, which one is it? It's uh, door to the heart. That's the way Jesus wants to do in your heart. He wants to feel at home. But we have got him closed off to a lot of things. Sometimes we're praying and a thought comes to us and we try to avoid it and continue the prayer. But God said, if we hold iniquity in our heart, he will not hear our prayer. Now can we just get to where the rubber meets the road? Now Jesus, I'll let you in my door I don't want to go to hell. I want to be saved. You can come in, but don't go meddling around now. Now, you, you don't say that outwardly with words, but inwardly, we navigate that way. Now, in the heart, there's a, the, over the right hand, there's a little closet, a little door. It's the door of my private life. Now, Jesus, I'll let you in, but don't go meddling with my private life. What I do when my parents don't see me when I've got my phone and I'm alone, when I've got my device. And then he, Brother Branham will use different things in that time period. You know, I, I, if I have to give up the old-fashioned friends that I live with, if I have to burn my shorts and I can't wear them like the rest, don't meddle with that. You know the, the amazing thing about the Lord? He won't go any further. He can't go any further because he doesn't force his way in. But it has to be you welcoming him. We can talk about Revelations 3, verse 21, him knocking, and we can say, oh, I've opened the door. I'm, I'm part of not a part. But this goes now individual. I'm trying to bring this to every one of us. I'm bringing it to myself. Don't you interrupt. I drink a little sociable beer. I don't want you to bother that. I'll, I'll let you in because I don't want to go to hell. What a miserable state. Now, there, there's more I could take on all of this. But, you know, here, here's another one. He, Brother Brandon will say, right next to that is another little door called pride. Oh, that's a terrible one. You know, sometimes we have the picture in our mind and we've closed ourselves off to anything else. No, I, I, I've settled out with the... If you're on the word, it's wonderful, but I, I always like to be open. And I, I find lately, and I'll say this as a compliment to Brother Harold, in the latter years that we spoke together, he would say, I'm still learning. I'm still learning about home life. I'm still learning about dealing with people. I'm still learning. And you know what? I think that's something we need to never get away from. I, I don't want to be so entrenched that I'm sitting there in a service and I got it and you can't tell me anything that's going to affect me today. What a miserable state to be in. Amen. 
And I'm not here to change anybody's. I'm just saying, keep your heart open. Keep your door open to the Lord. Where's the place that he wants to gain entrance? You know, it's in the bride. Yeah, it's in the bride, but it's who is the bride? Am I a part of the bride? And, And say, Lord, my heart is open. Change my heart. The young man that came to Brother Branham was his nephew, I believe. That young man came to Brother Branham and, and he says, you know, he's praying a certain way and then Brother Branham said, you pray wrong. What do you mean? You're praying for God to change his mind. You ought to pray, Lord, change my mind to fit your word. You know, we try to solve a lot of problems in prayer by saying, Lord, change that person, change them that way, change this, change that. And really, we need to look inward and say, Lord, how can I change? I, I'm preaching to myself tonight, okay? I'm saying, Lord, give me grace to, if, if that, whatever you would want in, in, and whatever I need to learn, Lord, I may be strong in these areas, but I'm weak here. Lord, let me be humble enough that I can say, Lord, it, it's, I'm not the center of it all. You're the center. But, but too often, we become the center of everything. Sometimes you're with somebody and you're trying to tell a story. Oh, that quote here and that quote there. And, and you've never got your story out yet. Somebody really listened to you. Somebody really entered in with you. Oh, my. I'm, I'm, are you okay with this? Sorry. I, 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 this has gone completely different already than I expected, and we're halfway through. <laughs> First Peter 5. Let's just take a couple scriptures. First Peter 5. Let's take verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Whom resist, steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. So we can take those scriptures and say, okay, I gotta get up, I gotta pump myself up this morning, I gotta be sober, I gotta I gotta do my spiritual weight training. And I'm going to go out there and I'm going to defeat him. And you know what? That's good. It's a good attitude. But did you know how, how Paul actually approached these scriptures? Let's back up a couple of verses, okay? Let's go back to verse 5. Because this, bef- this is the scriptures before he comes to that. Likewise, you younger, submit yourself to the elder. Oh, and but... Paul, you're going to get into the subject of pumping iron and defeating the devil. Yeah, okay, this is how you do it. <laughs> you know what? I, I, sometimes people can, we can be spiritual. I, I, you can be spiritual and think, you know what? You didn't hit me in that service at all. And you know what? And I'm safe in my pew. And I, I can come. But you know, you know who I really respect sometimes is the person that's broken and comes to the altar and is weeping, and I'm nothing, Lord. I'd say that person sometimes has more power than we who sit smug in our seats. And it doesn't mean you have to sit smug, but you can just sit there and not move. And then just say, Lord, I need thee. I need thee. I need thee every hour. 
I, you know what, I feel like you can have a good day one day and the next day just wake up with a little attitude and all of a sudden the Spirit of the Lord leaves. I don't want him to leave. I want him to continue with me. I want him to work with me. I want him to, and when he works with me, he'll work with those around me and he'll give grace and he can do his work in his kingdom. So Paul says, this is how you enter it. Submit yourself to your elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. Oh, my. I, I, I'll need to take sometimes the, where God is bringing us to. Because he's bringing us to a place where we become weak. And all of a sudden we find we need another part of the body. I was just with a brother and sister the other day and just got on to talking about things. And we just received some texts regarding... Sister Erica. <coughs> and they were just coming, and, and I just said, let's just get together and pray. And we started praying, and the presence of God came down, and we're broken. We started praying for other situations, and all of a sudden, God came down. And there was power in that. There was something in that that was greater than just our casual conversation. What was it? It was God that was coming in. You know, the, 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 the messengers of every age that we just talked about all their faults and we maybe put some humor to it, but, but God is now coming to give the greatest revelation that he held in the back part of his mind and he's gonna preach a message and the prophet says, and it's gonna be Christ the mystery of God revealed. And what it really is, is the God of heaven that became Christ now wants to come and live in us, even in our brokenness, even, not, not because we're something, but so he can become something. That is the great message. That is, and, but we, to allow him to do that, that's where, where we, we, we get in the way sometimes. You know, we have our brains and, and God, we, we use our brains and, you know, the devil will use that, but God wants to deal with our heart. Even if we have to shut our eyes and close off our brains, Lord, let me be led by your heart. Let me be led by your spirit. I'm, 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 I'm trying to say, friends, this is where we're going to, whether we like it or not. It's, it's not going to be like, you know, it's not going to be by might, it's not going to be by spirit. It's not going to be by, by power, but it's going to be by my spirit, saith the Lord. And it's going to bring us higher. And I say, I want to start every day a little more like that. Just found myself the other day, you know, just a little thing set me off. And then another thing set me off. And I'm going, Lord, I need to pray. Because this isn't right, what's happening. And it was just coming out, and I said, and just took some time to pray. And just to step back and settle back. And all of a sudden... I was at peace again. And I could, the next person that said something to me, I didn't jump all over them. And it wasn't like I was jumping all over. It was just, I just knew it wasn't right. And I said, now I, now I know that he is greater as he that's in me. He said, yea, all of you be subject one to another. Be clothed with humility. This church will only receive its strength when we begin to interact with one another 
and allow the Spirit of God to, as, 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 this, as God spoke to us on Sunday, not by degrees of hierarchy, but by coming all to the same level, by all coming and beginning to give the respect to each other. That's, that's when the Spirit of God will really, that's when this church will become stronger. And I want to move to that. I, I, I don't want to just move to, well, I got an opinion, I got an opinion. Let's take a, let's, let, no, let, let's, let's let the Lord speak. Let, let him speak through everybody and say, now, Lord, you move the way you want. So he would say, be clothed, be clothed with humility. Don't just sprinkle a little on. Put the garments on. For God resisteth the proud, gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Now he says all of this, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Now you move into, be sober, be vigilant. Why? I've confessed my sins. I don't have condemnation heaped on me. I'm not trying to relive religiously. I know he talked to me. I know I made mistakes, but he forgave me. And he put strength in me. You know, what was it? Uh, some of you were at the Grunthal meetings, and it was, it was uh, I think Brother Timothy Pruitt spoke, and he spoke on this Japanese art. And, and they, they call it, I don't know what they call it, Kintsuji. Ha, you didn't know I could speak Japanese. I do. Kintsuji. No, that may not be the way they say it. But it's like taking a bowl, and they take this bowl, and it's almost like they allow it to break. It fragments, but then they bring the bowl back together, but what they do is they put gold in all of those pieces. Now, I should have actually put those up there, but you, you can look it up. Look, Japanese art, broken bowl, gold. And, and, and you look at it, and when they put these bowls back together, they're like pieces of art. There's not one that's the same. They're, not, they're, they're fragmented, but they've been put back together by gold, by deity, that something has formed a strength in them, and it's beautiful to look at. It wasn't what I did coming up, but it's what God did in me. Listen, I, I, I left this off. Where's Brother Tim? Are you, are you around somewhere? There he is. Okay. Is it okay if I share this now? It's, uh, well, you, you, <laughs> that's a really bad way to phrase it. <laughs> Can I say this, what you sent me to, a month ago? <laughs> I just want to, you know what, I was, I was doing the testimonies the other day, and I was going to read it, and I left it off. But Brother Tim shares this, and this goes back to our special meetings. For a year or so before the special meetings, I was battling a spirit of gloom or depression There were a number of things that weighed heavily on me, and I had lost my joy. The battle was very real every single day, but I kept putting one foot in front of the other and just held to God's promises. God paid the price for my deliverance, and it was mine to reach out and accept. Through it all, God just seemed to tell me to wait and that he would come in his time. I just felt in my heart the special meetings was my time. And I went through the prayer line, and Brother Ron prayed, and he told me he saw a spirit of gloom lift right after his prayer. It was like a ton of bricks lifted, and my spirit was free, and my joy was back. 
He is faithful and he's always on time. I want to encourage anyone that might be battling a gloomy, depressive spirit to hold on to God's promises. You might be in a season of gloom, but it will end and it will remain. It only takes a moment in his presence. Trust God's time. He will come. I think we all are going to have a testimony. Not of how strong we were, but of how weak we were and what God put into us because he wants to be a part of our weaknesses. He wants to be, he's not condemning us for our weakness. He's saying, come unto me. I'll put strength in you. Job would say, you know, I, I, I look from here, I look from there, I can't find him. But I just desire because when I come to him, he'll put strength in me. And in the end, I'll come forth as gold. I, I, if we can come that way and humble ourselves, and Lord, I didn't have the right attitude, and I didn't say the right thing, and I, I didn't approach this wrong, and, and I made a mistake. But when you do that, and you're honest with God, oh, the favor of God begins to smile on you. You're not having to walk and cover something up and having to do this and this. No, it's just empty. It's just open. It's you, Lord, and me, and we walk together, and oh, what a place to be. Let's just go to Luke chapter 18. We've still got a little bit of time here. Luke chapter 18. Let's go to verse 10, that actually verse 9. There was times in my Christian life I, I, would, I would read the New Testament and Paul articulating, you know, this dispensation and this and and sometimes it seemed like the words of Jesus were so simple, and, but yet they have become more profound to me as I go along. They're not, they're not just the simple, it's, there's a depth to them that still holds true. And he spake this parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Now that would never happen. In, in our midst, I know. Or can we say, no, it can happen to me. It can happen to me. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one, a Pharisee, and the other, a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus within himself. Now just, I want you to put yourself in this picture. What have, what have my prayers been before the Lord lately? He prayed within himself, God, I thank you. I'm in the message. I thank you what you've protected me from. I thank you that I've got the revelation. Give me a good day. I just mixed some ad-libbing in there. God, I thank you that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. <laughs> Okay, so the devil can tell you all kinds of things about yourself. He can tell you all thing, kinds of things about your brother or your sister. He can elevate you where you think, I'm above them. Until they get right with God, they're never going to rise up to here. That's, that is just complete fallacy. If you're right with God and you're in your place with God, you will never have that kind of an opinion about your brother or your sister. 
And even if you see a fault in your brother and sister and you look to capitalize on it, you're, you've got a wrong spirit about you. If you're using it to elevate yourself, it's wrong. If, we just, if it's all through my eyes and this is the way I see the message and you have no room for another opinion, you're wrong. There's more to God than meets the eye, than what I see. And I say, let me have more of God. I, I just want to share this honestly now. I fellowshiped with Brother Donnie for some time. And I've listened to some of his services lately. And in the midst of his greatest trial, there's times I've seen God take his character and move it in such a way that just navigates and just speaks truth. And sometimes truth against some this way and against some this way and against himself sometimes. And I said that only came as a result of a humility and a humbling. And I say, Lord, I desire that. I desire to be that bride of Christ. I, I say we're moving into higher level than we have before. It's not as just, uh, I, I've, I've been on this plane for years and I, I'm satisfied. No, Lord, take me, break me, separate me, but give me Jesus. Give me that little gold inlay in my life. Give me that part that, that, that will people look, they'll say, it's not Brother Ed, it's not Brother so-and-so, but it's God in them. Like those disciples, when they came out, they had to take notice they'd been with Jesus. Sometimes just fellowship. You know, just to sit around the table. It was such a blessing the other day, just to... I was with a few people and all of a sudden just a need to pray and, and just started praying and we all started breaking down. And you know what? We left refreshed in a way that was greater than just casual fellowship. It doesn't have to be that all the way. But there's a time when we believe in God and we say, Lord, you take the center stage. There needs to be times like that for our families, for husband and wife. Where you actually talk to each other. And you actually share each other's burdens. And they don't just spar one in this corner and one in that corner. But where we come together and we don't point out each other's faults. But we say, how have I hurt you? How can I be better? And help me to be better. Instead of just majoring on differences. Lord, let me see something good in somebody that differs from my opinion. <laughs> If, hey, listen, Brother Brandon would capitalize on it in this way in the service. And, and he says, because <coughs> right now, if you had to take a poll and you had to say who's bride and who's not, we would probably have those that we say for sure they're bride. And there's those, yeah, they're pretty good choice. And there's others kind of questionable. And there's some for sure not. And listen, no, you've never thought like that? No. But Brother Brandon would say, we're going to get to heaven and we're going to be surprised by who is there and who's not there. So I say, I'm in no position to judge. I'm in no position to think for myself. I'm in no position to look at which way. I just want to be like Jesus. Let my take my example like Jesus Christ. Let me have that before me. Because the devil is doing everything he can to make situations that are little, big. 
He's looking to gain somebody that oh, is a sympathizing spirit and just gain a little traction. But I say, Lord, I want to take sides with Jesus. I don't want to be on the Baptist side of the church or the Pentecostal side. I want to be right down the middle of the road. I don't want to be a Republican or a Democrat. Because you can call it a Republican or a Democrat. They're both evil. The only right one is Jesus Christ. And, and Brother Brandon, I, I got some of these quotes in my notes. But you see, sometimes we, have, we, we take men and we idolize men. Or we put men down. He says, that's not the right thing. Sometimes men become the pulpit and they become the know-it-all. Don't give me that. Give me Jesus. Neither do I need somebody to come up and say, oh, I've been hurt this way. I've been hurt that way. I'll be crucified for this. We're all going to be crucified for something. Let's just take our side with Jesus. Let's take the positive side. Let's not take the negative side. Let's take what God has done and say, I'll, t- I'll walk with Jesus. I'll think the best. I just heard it the other day, or I just heard it today, actually. There's this girl that Brother Branham went to school with. As far as he knew, she was never even a believer. And she passed away. And he was going to church. And he says before he went to church, he went down to the graveside and he paid his respects for the life she lived. Wasn't even a believer. Wow. How precious is life to God. What about some of the people we've witnessed to on the street, Brother Marshall? Maybe there's other people. Maybe some at university like, like it was when... when our brother Jean Manassi was here. Just started having a burden, allowed the burden to take over his prayer life. The burden overtook his talk and speech on the campus. I didn't read the first part of Jeremiah chapter 9, but those that sigh and cry, I will mark them. Why? They're mine. Sighing and crying is something, you know, it's not you manufacture, ooh, no, it's, it's a burden. And God brings it on you by because there's somebody there. We don't understand why Sister Erica passed away. In a message, and there's a brother who shared this testimony with me earlier this year, and I've never lost it. He lost his wife, and he was so depressed, and he's driving down the road, and he wants to take his car because he's coming next to a dam and there's a guardrail and he wants to take his car and he wants to just go over the edge because I'll be with my wife. And at that moment, something came to him and said, you need to listen to this tape. Shook himself. Drove another half hour. He says, this is evil place I'm in. Checked into a hotel. Woke up in the morning. He said, I'm going to carry on. Somehow, he ends up going the wrong way, and he's right back at the dam again. And again, this voice said, you need to listen to this tape. God doesn't send warning without judgment. He says, the one thing we don't have is a sense that we're going to have in heaven where we're going to see all things. He says, we just bump into it. You have a feeling. You have this. You have this. And then these words came, 
when you get over there, you'll understand why things had to be the way they are. And he said that put so much strength in him that he was able to go on. That brother, a couple years later, had a daughter that married a fellow in New Zealand. He traveled over to New Zealand. While he was in New Zealand, he met a sister, an elder sister. They've now been married 20 years. And he just said to me just a few months ago, he said, Brother Ed, I never knew that God had all these other things in my life. And how did he bring it to me? Just a little word from a tape that deposited in me and gave me strength to go on. Oh, God is so much greater than here, than our thinking. Oh, if we can allow him to minister, to take our beings, to allow us to be moved in ways we don't often understand. But I know he'll make it all right. I don't know what Brother Donnie is going to go through. These are part of my requests as I just move to the end of the service. But Sister Erica passed. She was in a lot of pain as she passed. But it, as they said, never one time did she waver. I thought of Ken Boyer. At the end, he was just saying, oh, the grace of God. Friends, all of these have come through the gates of glory. Sister Erica's gone through the gates of glory. We need to pray. Brother Donnie sends out a little request today. We need to remember his wife. We need to remember, he said, Lance and the girls. Two of the girls are 16, they're twins. The other said are 18, they're twins. Sister Erica's daughters. She died on her youngest set of twins' birthday. He says, we need to pray for them. They're broken, they're shattered. I, I, was, I, I was reflecting on the body of Christ. There's no body like this body. You can go and sequester sympathy, but this goes beyond sympathy. This is entering into one another's burdens. This is saying, Lord, lift my brother up. Lift this family up. We're going we're gonna to come to a close, and I, wa I want us to all pray for that family. Some of you have heard Brother Billy Paul has been hospitalized. There's actually been reports he's passed, but he's still alive. He's 88 years old. His body is broken down. And he's in the hospital. And it doesn't look like he's got long. We say God has a time and a place for everything. So we want to remember that. He saw the angel of the Lord more than anybody ever did. <clears throat> In the midst, think about the little circle we are called the message and all the different spirits. Can you imagine what Jeffersonville has gone through? You know, you can say, well, this, 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 but what have they gone through? And I say, God bless Brother Billy Paul. God help the family. God help Brother Joseph. No matter where, and I'm saying, if Brother Branham was here, would he want you to say, wow, oh, they're this and they're that? No, he would want you to reach out your heart for them. 
You know, friends, I never even got onto my notes. I, I didn't even get onto page one or two or anything, hardly. I just wanted to share also. Let me share this quote because we're going to just close the service in a moment. In the Church Age book, Brother Branham talks in the Ephesian age, talks about the candlesticks that he made. Now the candlesticks, they represented the messengers. But he said in Exodus, these messengers were to be made of pure gold, of beaten work. In other words, it wasn't just, but it had to be purified. It had to be purged. If we could recognize the great opportunity before us, we can throw all kinds of questions out and we can say, why did that happen? Why did that happen? But you need to remember something. The bride does not go through the tribulation because God doesn't punish a woman that he's going to be married. But he's marrying a woman that is pure, a woman that is going to be purged while she's on earth. So if I recognize the house of God is a house of correction, the house of God is where my attitudes change, where some of the sludge that builds up on me gets purged out. Not where I dig my heels in and I say, no, I, I'm, I'm, no, just, just looking at ourselves. The bride, he's typing it, is, is a beaten gold. The true church of Christ is likened to pure gold. Her righteousness is his righteousness. Her attributes are his own glorious attributes. Her identity is found in him. What he is, she is to reflect. I'm not going to read all of this. But he would say this. Has there ever been a people so beaten and purged as the bride of Christ? I thought a man like God is used like Brother Donnie. How much more can a man go through? And yet I believe he's an example. I believe it's something that I can learn from. We can learn from. And he'd say, her goods are despoiled. Her life is in jeopardy. She is counted as sheep for the slaughter. She is killed all the day long. She suffers much, but she retaliates not. Neither does she cause others to suffer. Worthy of the gospel is this lovely bride of Christ. As gold is malleable, whereas brass will break, the gold of God will bear her suffering for the Lord not bowed, not broken, not destroyed, but formed as a thing of beauty and joy forever by the trials and testings of this life. Should we despise these things? I didn't finish Luke 18, but the Pharisee who prayed, I thank God I'm not like others. But this publican, standing afar off, would not lift so much as his eyes to heaven, but smote God on his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. 
I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. I'll just have Sister Julia come up. The rest of us just stay. Sister Julia, come to the piano if you would. I want to close the service a little differently. Maybe just take five, ten minutes. Sister Julia, you pray softly. And I want us all to pray. We've been given an example of prayer. I don't want us to pray about our own goodness or righteousness or even our own needs. I want us to pray for somebody else. I want us to enter into somebody else's suffering. Think of the Reagan family, the Parker family. Think of Brother Billy Paul. I want to think of Brother Bob Combe. Brother Bob, I've been able to sneak in with the family a little bit. He's just sitting there in the hospital. He's got a little trouble with his left eye and vision. Some of his short-term memory isn't what it should be. Today they moved him from the university to the Glen Rose where he'll do some rehab. But I just marveled at the strength I gained from Brother Bob. Just his spirit, his demeanor. And I said, thank God for that soldier. Make me more like him, Lord. And I say, remember him. His family's been at his side. They've been positive. Let's remember what he's going through tonight. There was a prayer request for Brother Waldy Schmidtke. I saw a picture. He had a quadding accident. Brother Waldy was in a service here two weeks ago. That was a big step for him. We just closed the service, just opened it up, and he didn't respond, but I believe God's dealing with him, and God can work this for good. So let's remember him where he's at tonight. There's a sister whose husband is away from the Lord. They're not even together. He's having an operation tomorrow. And her testimony was, Lord, remember his soul. One day I was confronted with that. Father never believed the message. The last days, and I said, oh God, just remember him. Something overtook me. It wasn't me, it was God in me. Not boasting, I'm just saying, it's available to us, friends, if we can enter into it. Just play something softly. Let's just sing maybe just beyond the veil. Let's just sing that just quietly, softly, and we're going to just close the service a little differently today. We're not going to pray out loud or do anything like that. We haven't started our prayer meetings yet, but I think tonight we can just slow down a little bit. Just talk to the Lord for five, ten minutes, if you can. I'm not going to officially dismiss everybody, but you just stay and you want to go, you can go. It's a really different service. I think it's good to do different things. I think it's good to allow God to, ah, you pricked me a little bit this way, Lord. And Brother Ed, you pricked me. Well, okay, maybe it was me. Maybe it was the Lord. I don't know. But I think it's good for me to be pricked too. I, I don't want to come across as a know-it-all. I don't know it all. I've got lots of faults. But I want to have more of God. Let's just sing just beyond the veil. Just beyond the veil I long to see 
your face <coughs> your beauty there just beyond the veil beautiful you are beautiful you are beautiful you Beautiful you are, you are. Beautiful you are. You're the Prince of Peace. You're the Prince of Peace. You're the Prince of Peace. You're the Prince of Peace, you are. You're the Prince of Peace, just beyond the veil, just beyond the veil. Long to see your face, just be your beauty there, just be.